Hi there. We welcome you to the Rush Hour podcast with Corky and B-Rush. The show, well, we've changed things. We've compressed three hours of content into two hours, Monday through Friday, from 7 to 9 a.m. However, we're not skimping on the conversations. No, the very thing that made this podcast so popular is the thing that we're continuing. So, for the next 15 minutes or so, enjoy the latest podcast on the Rush Hour Morning Show with Corky and B-Rush. Ladies and gentlemen. I want winners. I want people that want to win. Go ahead. What's up, man? From Belmont, North Carolina, at a combined weight of 526 pounds. You play to win the game. Your tag team champions of the world. Brian Rushing. But they are who we thought they were. Corky Franks. See that? That's your IQ, buddy. Zero. The Rush Hour Morning Show. It's it's unbelievable. You know, that's why sometimes I call you guys commies. That's why. And we welcome you back to Hour 2 here on the Rush Hour Morning Show. WGNC, Gastonia, Charlotte, AM 1450, 101.1 FM, WGNCRadio.com. For all of you that are streaming the show, great conversation with Nicole Woods just a moment ago. In Hour 2, at 8.20, Quentin Farrell, head basketball coach of Presbyterian College, he'll be on the air with us talking about the Blue Hose fast start. And you can't talk about the Blue Hose having a fast start. One of the other coaches that we want to try to get on is another Coastal Athletic Association coach, Billy Taylor. Billy Taylor's Elon Phoenix just took on Presbyterian College Blue Hose just the other night. It was Monday night up at the Shar Center. And it was Elon that knocked down a triple at the buzzer to win, I believe that score was 82-79 in that win against Presbyterian College. But Presbyterian College has put together a very solid record so far. And again, one of the links, one of the ties that we have with the two coaches that we're talking to today is their respective conferences have given them little to no shot of any measure of success in the league. I think Quentin Farrell is proving that his Blue Hose have more than enough to make some hay in the Big South Conference this season and certainly create some trouble in the Big South Conference. You know, we had uh, Joe Reich on the show, right? We did. Joe Reich, former head football coach at Wingate University. Now, He's handed the reins of the football program over, and he's now just the athletics director. Well, we, we had Joe Reich on the show. Uh, Brian, I just got a text. You're not going to believe it. Pull this line up. Hold on. Yeah, We had Joe Reich on the show. I just got a text. This is Frank Reich calling in the show. <laughs> I'm not joking. That's what the text said. Turn it up. Hey, Coach, can you hear us? Good morning, fellas. How you doing, How Coach? Are you? How are you? Good. Uh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm just taking the grandkids to school. I got to 
a little bit of free time on my hands now. So, so how is travel on I-77, Coach Reich? Oh, Brian's pretty, loving uh, this. I usually don't get in. I don't, usually don't get out this late in the day, but uh, you know, don't have to get up early in the morning anymore and uh, be in the office. So, uh, had to go. Got to go this afternoon and clean everything out. Um, hopefully, it won't be a little bit awkward if I run into a few of the guys. Well, well, Coach, I've got to ask the question. Is this the type of thing to where, with as short as your stay was, do you dare keep your gear or do you send it off to eBay or, or what do you do with the gear, Coach Reich? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to donate it to some kids overseas and let them, you know, let them wear it. I got a few. Uh, that's where all the uh, Super Bowl. Panthers. Yeah, that's where the Super Bowl Panthers yeah. T-shirts go. It's to yeah, the kids few, overseas. Uh, I had a few playoff t-shirts made up early in the season. I don't think we're going to need it. So I'm going to send those overseas. And, uh, yeah, you ain't you know, needing them, that's for sure. Day. They won't know. Now, those are probably going with those Georgia Bulldogs National Championship shirts that they're going to be making <laughs> this year, right? Is that is that true, Coach? No, no, I'm sorry. I've got about different, this is a different I, coach. No, I, I've got this it coach confused. G. This is Coach Reich, not Coach Rick. My bad. Look, I'm, I'm sorry. This Coach G is who this is. Oh, oh I, uh, I know. I, I just – I just met you, Brian, but it seems like you're throwing shots at somebody, you know, uh, over the airwaves. But that's okay. Well, I've got some thick, I've got some thick skin with everything that's happened to me this week. Well, and you've got a thick wallet too, because believe me, even though you're not currently employed at the moment, Coach Reich, um, you you've got yourself quite a nice little contract that you've worked yourself through for five years. Yeah, I've, I've got. Uh, I'm going to get paid. Uh, I think thirty million dollars over the next uh, four or five years to not work. Um, I know Corky doesn't work at all, but he doesn't make that kind of money. Uh, yet he just <laughs> yet. <laughs> well, I tell you about these new ventures I'm fixing to jump into, G. <laughs> G. Brian, Brian, it's it's me. It's Coach G. Uh, oh, I I know. Who you been, G? Oh, I <laughs> Look, when, when, when I heard you laughing at the Georgia national t-shirt, the national championship t-shirts that are going to be sent to, to, to foreign countries this year, yeah, that's what clearly gave it away. And, and, yeah, yeah. and the grandkids uh, driving them wherever you were, uh, yeah. Dude, so. I ain't talked to you in a, in a month at least. What you been up I to? Know. It's just, I don't know. It just seems like time's gotten away from me with the, the holidays and and wrestling and soccer and volleyball is going on right now we're getting ready to we're we got a last home volleyball and soccer um game thursday and then we go in, into the playoffs on monday and then the uh the wrestling the wrestling ter- uh, seasons got two more regular season matches and then not this saturday but the next is the county wrestling tournament so it's all the fall two season is coming uh to, to a close very quickly and then before you know it it'll be middle school basketball season i mean i know you guys are already interviewing high school basketball coaches and stuff that are started already but it's it's it, it just keeps rolling it's just been kind of a i didn't think it would be that busy for me this year once football ended but it it, it didn't let up and I, I apologize for not being by the studio more what, what's going to happen to that soccer team tomorrow Pruitt going to get rolled tomorrow is he going to pull out a win uh he's got a He's got a tough match because Mount Holly, he plays, they play Mount Holly, and they've got a kid who, and I, his name escapes me, and I'm driving right now or I'd look it up, but they've got a kid that just set the uh, 
Gaston County middle school record for goals in a career with, I think, 53. So he's got – he's definitely got somebody that he's got to keep his eye on tomorrow. Um, but he does – Pruitt does have a really good team. Um, and he's the number one seed right now with only one loss. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I've got high expectations for his team to, to definitely be in the championship game. So um, – and in volleyball, they uh, – they they've got they've lost two matches so they're either depending if they win tomorrow against Mount Holly they'll either play at Cramerton Monday or at Stanley Monday so tomorrow's a big game for us to see where we're going. So okay, so I'm glad you said that because I thought there might be a possibility that if volleyball were to lose Thursday, they may be on the outside looking into the playoffs. It sounds like their playoff position is pretty rock solid. However, where well, they're going to go is no, based. Got to win. Okay. Yeah, they've they've got to win. Um, they, you know, they could be. I'd have to look at the stand. They might be if they lose. It, it could come down to a who who beat who scenario and, and drawing straws. Um, but if they win, they'll definitely be the the three seed playing Stanley. So okay. we're obviously hoping to beat Mount Holly, so we don't have to leave leave things up to chance to whether we make it in the playoffs or not. It's a it's a tight it's tight at the top. Now. I wanted to ask you, because you, you've mentioned wrestling. Yep. Where is the Wrestling County Championship being held this year? Cheerable, as they call it. Okay. Uh, Chavis is the host. They're going to have it at Cheerable High School. And, um, it's, and that's, it's always, that's, all, that's always an all-day. I believe that's what the – what's the next Saturday, the 16th? That's December 9th is the next Saturday. You've got December 2nd coming up, and then you've yeah, got the following the Saturday, yeah, yeah. the 9th. Yeah. Yep, that's it. It's over on the ninth. That's exactly what it is. So it's at the it's on in the ninth at Cherville High School. You know the weigh-ins and the seatings and all that stuff. It usually takes about two hours that Saturday morning to get everybody to make weight. And if you know if somebody doesn't make weight or doesn't show, they have to rearrange the seating. So it's a it's a massive undertaking for the people that run the tournament because I, I know I've done it before and it's it's not easy. Um, so the wrestling usually starts around ten thirty ish that's when the first rounds you know get going and, and then you know half the field is pretty much eliminated in that first round and then it really starts getting really starts getting moving so um i know i know it'll be a good time you know our team's undefeated right now in the regular season um and we've got we've, we've got high hopes high hopes uh, for our wrestling team to uh to contend for a county championship this year much success at belmont middle school again um Gee, as, as you make this transition from from the second season into the third season wrapped around the break, do you think it's tougher for coaches once you get back from the Christmas break and you start to have your tryouts again? Do you think that's a tougher transition than what the second season experiences when you're going from softball, football, so on and so forth, golf, into soccer, volleyball, and wrestling. What, what, what's your thoughts on what's the most difficult transition period? The, the most difficult one for us, and, and I don't want to speak for every school, but I would imagine it's, it's the first transition going in from football to soccer and wrestling because historically we've been in the mix for some kind of postseason game in football and softball, and <laughs> that, that affects – wrestling tryouts and boys soccer tryouts and, and volleyball because and but since we our last 
athletic event for the year, for the calendar year, will be December the 9th. And so when we get back in January, there are no other sports going on. So we don't have the problem of – because the rules are if you're on a team, you can't go try out for another team until your season has concluded. So because of that, when we get back on January uh, from the Christmas break and there's no sports going on, that means that every kid can come out for basketball that wants to. And I give you an example like when, you know, half of Pruitt's team – or I shouldn't say half, but a quarter of Pruitt's soccer team played football – so had we made the postseason, he would have had to delay tryouts almost a week and a day waiting for those kids to finish the football season. So you really had end up having two and three rounds of tryouts. And it, it just gets really – it's tough for the coaches to – you know, because you just want to – you want to have a tryout. You want to cut your team and get started. And when, when you're in the postseason in other sports, it kind of delays that problem. So I, I think the first – season is the hardest in that regard and then your bas- basketball just starts and, and and everybody's there and it's it's the problem is just getting everybody everybody to realize the day they get back from christmas break is when it starts a lot of these kids no matter how many times we tell them they you know, they it kind of slips up on them hey you were talking about uh frank reich and the money he's going to be making i looked it up he's going to get nine million dollars for the next three years yeah. is that not yeah. insane that is insane you can I can I give you my my barstool opinion on this? Please. This 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 Tepper guy is just like I, we just got Daniel Snyder out of the NFL, and now we've got Tepper to take his place because he's another one. He thinks he knows everything. He thinks because he was succe- a successful businessman that that'll translate into being a successful football guy. And the smart football teams are the ones that hire football people and then get out of their way. And he's completely the opposite he thinks he can throw money at a problem and solve it i mean how do you trade away christian mccaffrey and dj Moore, and then you complain about well we, we can't score any points well no kidding i mean I, I don't i just i'm not a fan right now they're they're easy he's easy not to like and i they're they're gonna be in they're gonna be in trouble for a long time and i don't know who they're gonna get then he has the press conference yesterday. Brian and I were talking about it when we started the show. If that's what you want to call it. Yeah, well, yeah. And, and he wants to talk about uh, the money he's bringing to the city and the rock and roll concerts and things like that. Nobody cares about that. They want to talk about football. He just deflects all and, that stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, you know, and he acts like, you know, uh, a mu- music was never played here. It was like Amish country before yeah. he got here or something. Like, dude, it, everything was rolling right along. I mean, I believe they went to the Super Bowl before Tepper got here and I've been to plenty of concerts in Charlotte. I don't know about you, Corky, but I don't. I don't think. I don't. I don't play. There, there, uh, put my head on the. I don't put my head on the pillow at night and thank the Lord that David Tepper let me see that concert tonight. <laughs> there was a place. There's still a place called PNC Pavilion, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I've heard of it. I've been at when it was Blockbuster. Heck, I've, I'm so old. I was there when it was a uh, Rock Tablet Pavilion. Yeah, <laughs> that dude's crazy. He wants to talk about all. The, he, he talks about all the good stuff that he's that he's done. He, he wants to get credit for stuff, but he don't want to talk about the bad stuff. Yeah, I heard a bunch of things this this yesterday. Obviously, was the hot button on every. Just it was just Tepper and the Panthers everywhere you look. But the one thing that killed me was one guy, and I don't know know who he was on the. It was some TV show. He said Tepper is a national laughing stock now not just a not just the charlotte fan base doesn't like him but nationally 
people think it's a terrible job to have and he's a, he'd be a terrible owner to work for and it's you know the next coach better beware and he better get everything guaranteed because he's you know that's the one and that's the one thing they said was the one guarantee tepper will do is he'll he'll pay you he'll he's, he's paying a lot of coaches right now not to coach so i just i i it's hard to like that team right now corky i know you're a fan i know you like going to those games would you go to that game Listen, that's what I told – no, I told Brian, I want to be a fan of the Panthers, but they're not giving right, me – Right, you want to be. But I'm not going to be. you you got to prove it to me. To, I mean, I worked too hard for what little bit of money I got. Well, I, yeah, I'll, I'll say this. At 840, I'm going to throw something out that could be, could be driving this. And I'm probably going to put my tinfoil hat on for a little bit, but I think there may – may be some merit to this it well i know you guys got to go because i know you got a eight, at 8 20 interview but i just wanted to call in i appreciate you let me talk to you guys i miss you guys i'll, I'll swing by as soon as i can please do the door is always right, open to the green room good talking to you guys See take you, it G. easy we come back Bye. on the other side of the break quentin farrell joins us on the rush hour morning show we'll be right back Trying to sell your home can be challenging, but that does not mean it has to be hard. With the higher interest rates, you may see fewer showings, fewer offers, and more negotiations. This is where your agent really matters. Being Gaston County's realtor of choice for 37 years and a top agent at Allen Tate Realtors, John R. Bolin can assist you with your real estate needs, whether you're buying or selling your home. If you're seeking great service with one who is known for honesty and integrity, do not hesitate to call John R. Bolin at Allen Tate Realtors at 704-214-3088. 704-214-3088. John R. Bolin of Allen Tate Realtors. Belmont Body Work is here to keep your body moving, offering sports and deep tissue massage to those who are pushing their bodies to the limit, tailored massage to your body needs, and treatment plans designed to help you feel your best. Call 980-477-5424 to schedule your massage with Belmont Body Work. 980-477-5424. Keep your body moving with Belmont Body Work. 980-477-5424. Hi folks, this is Brian Rushing of the Rush Hour Morning Show. Have you heard the news? We're moving three hours of hyper-local sports talk and the best conversations to two hours, Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. On the home of news, talk, and sports, AM 1450 and 101.1 FM, Gastonia, Charlotte, and streaming online at WGNCRadio.com. It's the Rush Hour Morning Show every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. I have a question for you. Do you remember this song? How sweet it is to be loved by you. Okay, let's think about this. Why is it that everyone remembers hundreds of songs almost note by note they never set out to memorize? That's the power of a sticky. When you hear a song or maybe a good advertising message for some frequency week after week for about six months, it gets in your long-term memory even when you don't intend it to. You remember because you heard it. That's why radio is a sticky advertising medium. You can't hear a newspaper billboard or Facebook ad. Okay, TV has the power of sound too, but advertising on TV week after week can be very expensive. 
with radio, you can afford to get sticky. Then someone in the market of what you have to sell, hopefully they will remember you if you want them to. Take advantage of radio, the power of sound. Attention high school sports fans, are you an armchair official? You know, the parent or fan who constantly yells at the referees and loves to let everyone know just how bad you think they are. Well, if you think you could do better, then get in the game and prove it. It's time for you to suit up and make the calls where they actually count. Every sport in North Carolina needs more officials. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Back here on the Rush Hour Morning Show. With Corky and B. Rush, so glad that you could join us on this Wednesday morning. Let's go ahead and bring on the head coach of the Presbyterian College Blue Hose, Quentin Farrell. Coach, welcome to the Rush Hour Morning Show. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thank you guys for having me. Well, it's, it, Coach, it's fantastic having you on. Obviously, Coach, I've had an opportunity to spend some time in the Big South Conference, and immediately your story – and the Blue Host story jumps right off the page. Coach, this is a club that comes in with a 5-3 and three record. And for a lot of folks, they would say 5-3, and three, Brian Rushing, what's, what's so special about 5-3? and three? Well, the fact of the matter is, is that you already have one Power 5 win in your holster against a Vanderbilt club in Nashville. You're, you've already beaten a Citadel club inside the Templeton Center, and I think the Citadel and the SOCOM this year is going to be surprisingly good this year. I think they're going to overachieve in a lot of ways in the SOCOM. Coach, you t your team is off to a really solid start. Would love to get your thoughts on the why this is happening this year at this point. Yeah, well, I, I think it's a combination of a couple of things. I, I think we have a, a core returning veteran players that have – you know, kind of stayed down with me um, and been in the program for a couple of years and, and they've been through a lot. And then my staff did a really good job this spring um, in recruiting. Um, we got six new guys in our rotation, two freshmen, but four transfers. And so I think the combination of the new guys and then the core group of guys that I returned that's kind of been here, been in my program, been through the adversity, that got a chip on their shoulder and hungry. Um, I think combining those two, um, and the guys working extremely hard this offseason, you know, has, has led us having some success early. And we're still, like a lot of people in college basketball, obviously trying to figure it out. And I always felt like with my group, if we could just find ways to win games early, um, I think the sky's the limit for our group. And obviously, I think we're going to have a really good chance of playing our best basketball as the senior continues. Um, and obviously, you know, you want to be playing your best in March. So I think it's those things. Coach, one of the questions that I would have for those players that decided to stick around, Clinton, South Carolina is by no stretch of the imagination a metropolitan area. The Big South Conference isn't necessarily the destination of destinations when it comes to Division I basketball. What was it that motivated these kids to stick around and play basketball for the Blue Hose this season? 
Yeah, you know, it, you know, a lot of it is, you know, us trying to be intentional in recruiting and find guys that we feel like are fits. Really, you know, with for me as a head coach and what I'm about, but then also guys that, you know, just have a passion for the game of basketball, um, guys that have, you know, really big dreams, um, you know, individually and collectively, um, and getting getting like-minded people together um, and, and trying to make history and trying to do something that's never been done at a place, um, you know, that was appealing to me. Um, and I tried to recruit guys that that would be appealing to. And so I think that's what's led to guys, you know, more so running to Presbyterian. Um, and welcoming this challenge and just knowing that for one is an unbelievable opportunity, right? Like Presbyterian has afforded myself, my staff and my players, an unbelievable opportunity at division one level um, to compete and to prove ourselves and to try to, you know, accomplish something that hasn't been done. And, you know, for most people, if you like challenges, have an opportunity to do something like that, you know, it it gets the blood boiling into something. um, You can leave a legacy somewhere so you can create something special. Well, and certainly the win against Vanderbilt. Coach, I I would love to hear your thoughts on how important it was for this particular program this year in this moment to get the win in Nashville against Vanderbilt. Because to me, that win seems like it could be a springboard for really big things for the Blue Host program this season. Yeah, no, I I agree. Because I think, you know, just the way it played out, especially being the first game of the season, you know, like everybody, you know, when you turn the page to the upcoming season, you know, you have to go go through the entire process, you know, in the summertime, in the fall, there's a lot of meetings, there's a lot of hard work, there's a lot that's been said. And so, you know, it just instantly creates even more belief, right? Whatever the belief was prior to the season, you know, and and I always talk about trusting your leadership with my guys. And, you know, I've been blessed to, you know, coach. This is my 17th season. I've been on some really good staffs, worked for some tremendous head coaches. And so, I, you know, I, I felt like obviously I got credibility, but obviously, you know, everything that I'm preaching, everything I'm talking about for to, you know, play out in the first game of the season against an opponent like Vanderbilt for our group and us to go on the road and to play well and win the game. I, I just do. I really believe it can springboard us, you know, into success, you know, this season and just the program as a whole moving forward. Um, I was fortunate enough. I played at PC. I was an assistant at PC for five years. Um, and, you know, during my time as an assistant, we we ended up getting the program to a place to where, you know, one season we beat Auburn and Wake Forest and back-to-back games at PC when I was an assistant. And then the next season we beat Cincinnati when they were a top 20 team. And so, you know, I, I knew what could be done from that aspect at Presbyterian College. Obviously, haven't been a part of that. Um, and so for me, it was neat for under my my tenure as the head coach for us to have opportunity to do that. And I know what it did for the group of guys that I was coaching back then as an assistant when I was on Coach Nybert's staff, my college coach. Um, and so I know the power of that and what it could do. So the point that you make, um, I, I 100% agree with you. I definitely think it could be a springboard for our program. Quentin Farrell here with us on the Rush Hour Morning Show. Coach, obviously with Presbyterian College being your alma mater with being a place that you spent time as an assistant coach and now being the head coach at PC, does it require someone to have that sort of background, to have that sort of in-the-weeds knowledge of life at PC to really be able to set that vision and make it attainable for this Blue Hose program? Yeah, that's a great question. That is a great question. Um I definitely, I definitely would say it probably 
makes the vision clear. You know what I mean? Because obviously when you talk to people throughout the country that aren't as familiar with Presbyterian College, you know, they can look at it as, you know, an extremely difficult challenge. But like I said, for me, I grew up at Presbyterian. You know, I got the campus when I was 17 um, and spent nine straight years there um, as a player and as an assistant. And so, you know, just being on that journey as an assistant and watching us climb, you know, kind of into the Division One era and, and get ourselves to a place to where we were able to beat, you know, your Auburns and your Wake Forest um, and, and Cincinnati's and, and create some kind of success. So for as a young assistant, for me, you know, it just gave me a vision of what was possible. Um, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, I think for me in particular, I think all of my experiences with Presbyterian College made me extremely confident when the opportunity came for me to lead the program. Um, and so um, I, I, I look forward to, you know, just seeing what the future holds because I do have a deep belief in what we can do at Presbyterian regardless of any circumstances. And so I just look forward to, you know, us putting our best foot forward and, and, and seeing where we end up at the end of the day. Quentin Farrell here with us on the Rush Hour Morning Show. Coach, obviously – you take a look at the schedule. I mean, the 5-3 and three record kind of speaks for itself as it relates to Presbyterian College. Obviously, the game against Elon just the other night, it was a game that came down to the final possession. Elon, inside the Shar Center, gets the win, avenging a loss to PC the previous year. Obviously, Billy Taylor is going to do some great things at Elon with that Phoenix program. But you look forward in your schedule – of course, your next matchup is going to be this Saturday on the road against VMI. Then you welcome Florida A&M into the Templeton Center. But along the way, before you even dive into Big South Conference play, you're going to be taking on the defending A-Sun champion, Kennesaw State. You're going to be taking on one of the better programs in this part of the world in the Furman Paladins. And then you're going to travel to Lawrence Joel Veterans Memorial Coliseum to take on Wake Forest. That three-game segment in particular there should really serve as a solid primer for Big South Conference play, and I would love to get your thoughts on why it was important to schedule that part of your schedule that way in preparation for Big South play. Yeah, no, um, you know, obviously, you know, you always, as you're going through the season, you know, from the coach speaks side of things, you know, it's one one day at a time. Um, but in, in, to your question, though, about that stretch, you know, I always, for me, you know, I love, you know, playing programs that have achieved kind of the success we're after. Um, and so, you know, it was really important for me, you know, in that stretch as we get closer to Big South play um, to have us ready. Um, you know what I mean? And in those type of games, I'll be honest with you, you know, it doesn't take a lot to have your guys ready to play. Um, you know what I mean? Those are games that guys obviously you know, they more naturally get up for. Obviously, you're trying to teach them, you know, no matter the opponent, you got to be at the same level every day. But human nature, those games are easier to kind of have your guys ready to play. Um, and, and I just think for us, you know, I, I had a great feeling about the group we were we put together this year. And so, you know, I, I felt like, again, if we could find some kind of way to create some success early in the season for ourselves as we continue to to grow and, and the, you know, gain cohesion and chemistry and things of that nature, you know, that we would have a chance, you know, to, to compete at a high level against, you know, the best teams on our schedule. And so 
I'm really looking forward to that day when we get to that stretch to see where we are. Because again, every day for me is, you know, just can we get a little bit better? Um, and I talk to the guys a lot about, you know, you're either getting better or you're getting worse. And so, you know, we're growing and learning a lot, um, you know, on the journey so far. Again, having, you know, we're playing 10 guys and six of those guys are new guys that are in their first year in the program. And three of those six guys are starters. You know what I mean? So we, we definitely have a new group. Um, and they're learning every day together, and I'm just excited for us to continue it. Here with Coach Quentin Farrell here on the Rush Hour Morning Show. Coach, I do want to ask you about the preseason poll that came out in the Big South Conference. Is it something that you guys talk about? Is it anything that you guys are use, is using as fuel going into this Big South Conference year? You know, obviously, every the world we live in now, everyone sees that stuff, right? Like the players, you know, even if you didn't mention it, they see it, right? And, you know, I think depending on your personality type, when you see it, it can make your blood boil. It can put a chip on your shoulder. For me, I, I don't – I haven't really directly addressed that, um, you know, because my, my mindset is I, I know what we got in our locker room. Um, there's a there's a definitely a, a deep belief in myself and in my group self and the, in the players and the coaches. So for me, it's just, you know, time will tell. And, you know, we're excited to accept that challenge. Um, and so that's really been the mindset. I, I talk to the guys a lot about, you know, giving our energy to each other and our group and not so much, you know, outside noise and other people and other teams. And that's a big thing that we try to focus on. You know, we try to focus on ourselves more than, the opposition or the people on the outside. So, you know, we're just going to attack it head on one day at a time. And, you know, I, I definitely feel good about where we're going to be, you know, when the Big South tournament rolls around in March. You know, Coach, one of the things that I think that could be even more important than the preseason poll that has Presbyterian in last place in the Big South Conference is the fact that inside the Big South Conference, you've still got – Lots of regional schools that you're playing against, the likes of Winthrop University, USC Upstate, Gardner-Webb, UNC Asheville. You've got games against Furman, Kennesaw State. As it relates to recruiting, these are kids and these are schools that you've been recruiting kids. You've been competing with them off the floor in the recruiting game, even as it relates to transfer portal. You've been trying to re-recruit kids once they've gotten into college. So just as important as the preseason poll, the opportunity to succeed against conference and non-conference members in this general geography probably means as much to a place like PC as it does any sort of polling that might have you guys overachieving this year. Yeah, absolutely, because obviously – you know, whatever the stereotypes or the rep reputations of schools are, the fact the matter is, you know, if you can win, you know, everybody wants to be a part of a winner. And it just gives more credibility to your program. If people thought, you know, school A was the, you know, the flagship program or what have you. Well, if you're competing against that program and you're able to win games against them, it's, it's a different message um, in the recruiting process when you talk, talk to prospects and their families. And so um, you're right, you know, the, the, the chance to get to compete against regional schools where obviously, you know, we come across a lot of the same high school kids or the same portal kids. Um, and you kind of go head to head from that aspect. The more success you can have against the regional schools, you know, it, it definitely helps your case, you know, in the recruiting process for sure. Well, coach, 
I definitely want to thank you for your time this morning. I, I wish you the best of luck. Um, obviously, I think the record is starting to show it. And I think start of some of the teams that you're playing in your non-conference schedule this year is going to kind of bear this out. I think the pundits might have gotten it wrong as it relates to PC in this preseason poll. I think you guys are going to overachieve in this Big South League, and I think you're going to do it based strictly on the fact that, Coach, everywhere that I've seen you guys play in the last few years, you've played incredibly hard and haven't necessarily had the bounces go your way. A couple bounces here and there could change the entire narrative in this Big South series for the Blue Host. So I wish you the best of luck, and I look forward to seeing you down the line as we get a chance to get into the same barns with each other. Yeah, likewise. I look forward to talking to you again, too, in the future, and, and thank you guys again for having me. Oh, Coach, we'll certainly have you back on. No question about it. Thank you. Uh, you guys have a good one. All right. Take care now, Coach. Folks, when we come back on the other side of the timeout, we'll wrap up our final segment on this Wednesday morning here on the Rush Hour Morning Show. We'll be right back. Attention, Gastonia homeowners. It's time for a fresh start. Are you tired of getting lost on a sea of products? Do you long for expert advice and personalized service? It's time to break up with your big box store and upgrade to home outlet. Now open at 1495 East Franklin Boulevard. Say goodbye to limited choices at high prices. Say hello to the largest selection of in-stock kitchens, baths, floors, and more, all at a guaranteed low price. Visit store manager Chris and his experienced team at your 100% employee-owned home outlet today or shop online at homeoutlet.com. Where can you find hyperlocal sports talk in Gaston County? Where can you find the best conversation with the movers and shakers of local sports talk? That's right. You find it right here on the Rush Hour Morning Show every Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on the home of News Talk and Sports. WGNC AM 1450 and 101.1 FM, Gastonia, Charlotte, and streaming online, WGNCRadio.com. It's the Rush Hour Morning Show every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Rebels Contracting Services has specialized in the healthcare imaging industry since 1986. Located in Gastonia, Rebels Contracting is now hiring. Rebels offers competitive pay, vacation and holiday pay, 401k and insurance. If you'd like to join the Rebels Contracting team, check us out online at rebelscontracting.com or call 704-864-2000. That's 704-864-2000. 704-864-2000. Since the beginning of 2023, the Rush Hour Morning Show has become your go-to for hyper-local sports talk. Whether you listen for scores and analysis, compelling conversations, or that bit of fun in the morning, the Rush Hour Morning Show has grown a sizable audience in Gaston County and surrounding areas. Our podcast numbers reflect a robust listenership. This listenership is made up of people searching for your products and services. We would love to tell your company's story. Email us at rushhourwgnc at gmail.com or call 704-689-3820 to find out how your business can tell its story affordably on our Rush Hour Morning Show. That number again, 704-689-3820 or email us rushhourwgnc at gmail.com. The Rush Hour Morning Show, your source for hyper-local sports talk and hyper-local advertising. All right, folks, let's get started. Parents, thanks for coming. As many of you know, I'm Coach Mather. Tonight I want to talk about the season, of which I only have one expectation. 
that everybody gets stronger. When I say get stronger, I'm not referring solely to physical strength. Sure, we'll be in the weight room, we'll be running stairs, but we're also going to focus on developing mental toughness and grit because those are the characteristics that allow us to achieve greatness both on and off the court. So how do we develop those things? By getting comfortable with a challenge, by cultivating the confidence necessary to overcome adversity in all forms. That's why I coach. That's my purpose. Every member of this team can lean on me, and I'll teach them how they can lean on themselves and each other. This message presented by the NCHSAA and the North Carolina Athletic Directors Association. Back here on the Rush Hour Morning Show. I, I want to I ask you a question. I want to make sure that you're okay with this. You're not, you're not feeling up to your usual 100%. Struggling, cuz. Struggling. Okay. All right. So, you're going to be okay if I take the baton back for this one day and do the Rebels read, right? You can take the baton back for the last 20 minutes <laughs> for all I care. <laughs> How about that? Okay. Dude, I all ain't right. even drank the Red Bull today. Look, it's still sitting here. So, whoa, whoa. Whoa. Or what? Hey, I know I know that music. Yes, you do. Quentin Farrell. Yeah. Has done a very good job at the PC program. This could be their year. They finally get over the top and really get the recognition that he deserves in Clinton, South Carolina. Okay? Going through the growing pains a little bit. Yep. But... They're on the right trajectory. Eventually, eventually, I think we're in a situation where we could see Quentin Farrell's personal trajectory as well as the program's team trajectory moving forward. I'll tell you who else is on the trajectory. I was hoping you were going to tell me who that is. I mean, let's just be honest. They've been around for what, 26 years, 36 years? 37 years, technically. Okay. 1986 was when Rebels contracting got started, and since then they have been specializing in the healthcare imaging industry. Located in Gastonia, look, when you're in Clinton, South Carolina, and you're Presbyterian College, it doesn't get any more local than that. Right. Unless you're Rebels contracting in Gastonia, North Carolina. They are incredibly local. Folks that you go to church with, do shopping in the same stores they go, that's Rebels Contracting. That's what they do. And they're looking for site superintendents, electricians, drywall and ceiling installers, and medical imaging install technicians. They are looking to see who can join this trajectory with them. In doing so, you'll get competitive pay, vacation and holiday pay, insurance, 401k, all of the things that solid people want and deserve from a solid company. And if you think you could be one of those solid people working for a solid company, reach out to them. Check them out online, www.rebelscontracting.com or call 704-864-2000. The number again, 704-864-2000. 
Call Jason Crisp. Get the conversation started. They have 401k, Mm -hmm. holiday pay, vacation pay. Yep. If I was working at Revels today, you know what I would do? Be taking a sick day. You got it. Yep. (laughs) I'll be cashing in one of my sick days. I'll be at the house. Well, special thanks to Revels Contracting for their support of the Rush Hour Morning Show. Final segment. Hey, did you see CM Punk come back to WWE? I did. Did you? I did. What did you think about that? Well, see, I haven't had a chance to watch that PLE yet. Um, I, I So, and again, when CM Punk was around WWE the first time, I had been in kind of a wrestling lull. Mm-hmm. So the impact of him returning is kind of lost on me. Okay. I just don't know how big of an impact it was from the beginning. So Gen- Generated 7 million views throughout the social media and things like that for WWE. His return. Right. Now, I have seen him on Heels. I've never seen that show. Really? Yeah. Never seen it. Heels, I like Heels. Um, I think it's on Netflix. Yep. I think it's on Netflix. I think they're coming back. Um, they they had some second-year so- shows, second season. I think they're getting ready to roll back out some more episodes from season two. Um, I think really there's only been like 13 or 14 episodes total in the entire series. But I really like it. And, and the CM Punk angle that they had in it, I thought was really intriguing because it really does speak to what it's like in the minors, if you will, of professional wrestling. It really is. I, I think it's a great show. I enjoy it. Um, and as I, as I get to understand CM Punk's place in, in the landscape of professional wrestling, specifically the WWE, should be really intriguing. Let me tell you something. Uh, you know, do you know Luke Hawks? Luke Hawks. Yeah. He's I, the stunt coordinator for that Heels program. Okay. Yeah. I bet we, we could have him on the show if you wanted to. That would be phenomenal. Yeah. For real. Just let me know. Yeah. Friend of mine. Know him from the wrestling business. For real. I, but I've never seen the show. Maybe I need to watch the show. 100% let's do it. I, I look, I, I think this thing, I think this show really does a very good job of mapping out the struggle. that Because those guys straight up, they're wrestling for $25 on a hot dog. I want to tell you something, Brian. You don't know this. Probably four, five, six local guys here. In the southeast region, uh, you know, friends of mine that I met in the wrestling business have worked on that heel show. Not superstars or anything, but a lot of those guys are on there. Zane Riley, Caleb Conley, two guys from Charlotte. Really? But, yeah, as a matter of fact, Zane came over to a Honey Hunters game. Really? Yeah, sure did. I saw him out there one time. Yeah, local guys. I, I, look, I, I, I really do. I like, I like the heels show. So I if, need to check it out. Yeah. Speaking of honey hunters, you said some uh, little misinformation came out. Well, I mean, just it's it's everything that you see on social media. It's everything that you hear from folks chattering about it wherever you are. And, for instance, yesterday, the Gastonia Honey Hunters made Charlotte Radio. Like, talk radio. Took over. Like, uh, at least, an, what, for an, at least an, an hour. Entire segments 
of one show in particular. <clears throat> and, you know, I mean, obviously there are problems there, and, and, and we've been way ahead of the curve Brad, as I got it pro- relates to that. I got problems here. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Who don't have problems? But, I mean, and, we, and we've chronicled this. This organization is in disarray to the point to where they've basically been ixnayed from the Atlantic League. And lawsuits are coming, and who knows where ultimately this is going to end up from the legal standpoint. This we know. There will not be a Honey Hunters team in the Atlantic League this year. That doesn't necessarily mean that there won't be a Gastonia team in the Atlantic League. In fact, Rick White made a statement, and it was a very brief statement, but he didn't hold a press conference for it, so it's okay. But he made a a very brief statement that though the Honey Hunters will not be in existence, he has every intention of having a team in Gastonia in 2024. Basically, articulating what we have been prospecting here from the start. That there may not be a Honey Hunters team per se. There may not be a team owned by Brandon Bellamy. But there will be a team in Gastonia this season. That's the anticipation of league president Rick White of the Atlantic League of Professional Baseball. Now, first of all, here's one thing that's baffling to me. It's baffling to me how little people understand, first of all, where the Honey Hunters exist or where the Gastonia professional team exists in relation to the landscape of pro baseball anyway. And then the one thing that baffles me even more is some of the hullabaloo, some of the nonsense that I heard yesterday about the connection with the Honey Hunters, the Gastonia Grizzlies, and the Savannah Bananas. Like, there are people straight up in this town that genuinely believe that Gastonia passed on the Savannah Bananas. Wasn't the case. Was not the case. Was not the case. Now, like, literally, like, somebody literally went onto the show, text messaged, emailed the show, and basically said that the owner, Jesse Cole, moved the Grizzlies from Gastonia to Savannah. And that is just false on every front. Because long after Savannah started, the Grizzlies existed. There was a team here. Jesse sold his ownership interest to another group. The team remained at Sims Legion Park. I did the play-by-play for the final season of the Gastonia Grizzlies on the CPL web stream. The very next season, I believe the final season was 2019. It could have been 2018. But the final season for the Grizzlies, the very next year, they became what was the Spartanburgers. Housed in Spartanburg, South Carolina. At no point did Jesse Cole take the Gastonia Grizzlies and move them to Savannah, Georgia. What happened was, is the Savannah Sand Nats, 
and the South Atlantic League closed shop. They shut down Grayson Stadium. They got out of there. And Jesse expanded in the CPL, the Coastal Plain League, with the Savannah Bananas. Now, without trying to be too strident in all this, was Jesse Cole ultimately wanting to have something similar to the Savannah Bananas in Gastonia? I guess that's plausible. I guess that's possible, okay? I think ultimately Jesse wanted an entire league of teams, and he said so when he came on this show on July 10th. He wants a league of teams, and he wants to go international. He said that. That's always been his thing. And, Brown, we we also know by him coming on the show, and maybe he said this other places as well, he just – he went to Savannah on vacation. It's not like he took the team down there. He he didn't go to. That's exactly right. He didn't go to Savannah with the intentions of having a team in Savannah. He just had this dream that he wanted to come true. Just so happened, he made that place that town his home. He took an opportunity. Yeah, that's it. And again, I'm not knocking the guy for taking the opportunity. I'm not knocking the guy at all. He saw an opportunity, thought he could bring the Coastal Plain League team to Savannah, and guess what? Corky, it worked. Yeah, it worked. It could have flopped. It could have flopped, but it didn't. They white-knuckled it and made it happen. Now, they're no longer in the Coastal Plain League. They're doing their own thing. They're setting out in that direction. Let, let me ask you this. Okay. I, know, I know we're about to have to jump off here, but uh, you, you you were talking the group that owns the Honey Hunters, they're not going anywhere. They have events planned. They're still on the schedule. Well, they're still on the schedule. I don't think they're happening. The reality is they're supposed to be one of the premier Bon Jovi cover bands in the country that's supposed to be over there performing in the month of December. I don't see that happening. Now, I followed up. It's still on that website of this band. Slippery When Wet is the name of this cover band. That date is still on their website. I imagine in the few days... That thing could be coming off the website. I cannot imagine in any way, shape, or form that event happening or any event happening inside that stadium that has anything to do with momentous sports and entertainment. I guess we'll find out in a couple weeks. I guess we'll find out in a couple weeks. I think there's going to be a lot that we're going to find out in a couple weeks. I think by Christmas, a lot of this is going to crystallize. One thing we know. The Honey Hunters ain't happening. Won't be here. Not in Gastonia. And with that, we can exhale and get ready for the show tomorrow. Who we got tomorrow? Tomorrow on the show, we We have. I need to get Will Banks on here. I I didn't reach out to Coach yesterday. I got busy. Well, and, and if we can't get him tomorrow, we can certainly get him on Friday. But tomorrow, Isaiah Cozart forward for Eastern Kentucky University's Colonels program's first ever triple-double. We're going to have him on the show tomorrow. We're going to talk about the Colonels. A.W. Hamilton, who has somewhat local ties. They play in the Atlantic Sun against Queens University of Charlotte. We'll talk about that rivalry that is developing, that is emerging. And we'll also have the color analyst for the Charlotte 49ers on ESPN+. Plus, Joby Thomas on, the former sharpshooter 
of the 49ers. We'll have him on tomorrow as well. Thank you so much for tuning in, folks. We'll see you next time on the Rush Hour Morning Show. God bless, everybody. We thank you for tuning in to this Rush Hour Morning Show podcast. Don't forget, folks, we jam three hours of content into two hours every single day, Monday through Friday, from 7 to 9 a.m. On the Rush Hour Morning Show, WGNC AM 1450, 101.1 FM, streaming online at WGNCRadio.com. Until we're back with you again for the next Rush Hour Morning Show podcast, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.